Welcome to Coastline Church, seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastlinefoursquare.com. So, uh, I was an altar boy as a kid, <clears throat> and uh, in Western tradition, especially with liturgical churches, uh, they call this Gatate Sunday. Got to taste. It's not got to eat. It's got to taste Sunday. Um, some people also call it Rose Sunday because we, we like the rose candle. As kids, we called it Pink Candle Sunday because it looks pink to us. <clears throat> but uh, got to taste means to be rejoicing. Um, it's all based on, this, on the scripture of Philippians 4.4. So this is your Latin lesson for today. Got to taste in Domino Simper. Idurum diso got to taste. Is saying, be rejoicing in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And so that, that is just, so now you just, if nothing else, you just were patient with a, a Catholic boy <laughs> who actually enjoyed part of this tradition. So, um, but we're going to talk about that. It's also based on Romans 14, 17 this week, which is the one of uh, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's what I'm going to talk about. Uh, but I, I decided today, and I hope you don't mind, sorry, I've got to sit angled. Um, I actually need to teach kind of what I teach in a class. So this is, we're going to involve eventually an exercise, that's why you have a blank sheet of paper, don't worry about it yet, it comes later. Because the exercise is on how do we experience God's joy. We're called to rejoice always. Uh, we're called, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. But the source of our joy is relational. The source of our joy is deep attachment. So God's joy comes from experiencing deep attachment and a shared experience and even mindset. We actually get to have a mutual mind with Christ because of the Holy Spirit in us. And it's joy in the Holy Spirit. Uh, joy of attachment is also in hearing the Spirit speak affirmation. There's lots of ways to do this, but I'm going to emphasize the idea of hearing God speak. Um, even as a young Christian... I enjoyed God speaking to me, but for decades, my emphasis was always hearing God's voice and direction. And, and he was faithful. I mean, we, he gave direction. But I had actually been a Christian for over 20 years before I started learning to hear God's voice in affirmation, where God actually talks about how he feels about you. And I mean, this may sound all touchy-feely, but I'll just let you know, my, my work world was very results-oriented. And it involved things like team building, it involved developing leadership, it involved conflict resolution, decision making. And this is results oriented still in me. My, my whole, my mantra is always, what do we do different going forward so things are better? So this may seem touchy-feely, but it makes a huge difference in life. It, it actually leads to results. So this whole idea of joy of attachment and God speaking who he is, who we are, and how he feels about us. Make sense? We're all good with this? Good. Because I want to talk about what is the personality of the Holy Spirit. For us to understand and really tune to his voice, it helps if we know God's personality. And I didn't wheel it out right away. If this puts some of you in trauma from past experience, I apologize, but we're still going to do it. Because I, I don't believe in voting in the cast classroom. <laughs> But we're going to do a, a group exercise first. 
Galatians 5.22. In fact, I, oh, now I buried them. Yeah, you buried them. I did, sorry. <laughs> Teresa did a really cool thing. She has all these boxes up with the fruit of the Spirit here. And as she was setting them up last week, I thought, that's interesting, because my foundational scripture today is Galatians 5.22.23. So the boxes are prettier, but I'm still burying them, sorry. <laughs> so the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now some people view it this way. The fruit of the Spirit is love, and then the next eight things are traits of love. Other people view it as the fruit of the Spirit is nine different things. I don't really care which one you pick. I kind of like the first one. But for what we're doing, it won't matter. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patient, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, or faith, gentleness, and self-controlled. Uh, that one's a little misleading. The Greek self-controlled really means to be controlled from within. Because we actually don't learn to control ourselves. We learn to be controlled from within by the Spirit. Make sense? Okay, does it make sense that the fruit of a tree would represent the nature of a tree? Like you would expect, if you see a tree bearing apples, you don't stop and think, what a nice plum tree, right? Okay. Same with grapes. Grapes of a vine tell you the nature of the vine. Make sense? Okay, good. <laughs> this idea is the fruit of the Spirit tells us the personality of the Spirit. And that's what I'm after, is that we understand His personality, because then we understand what His voice sounds like. So we're going to do this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. So that's... That's a fruit, but what is the personality trait it represents? How do you turn that into an adjective? So if someone's full of love, we say they are, say it loud. Loving. Yeah, so loving, is there another word? Like what else, what other, what other adjective makes you think of a loving person? Caring. Caring, good. I try to pull teeth out of you to get more of them, but we actually have nine of them to go through. So <clears throat> They're kind. Okay. So we will add the kind. And that won't get repeated. Okay, joy. Free spirits joy. What's the personality trait of someone joy with joy? Happy. Okay, happy. What else? Careful. Well, so there's the obvious ones, too. If someone has joy, they are? Joyous. Joyous. And what else? I heard someone else will say joyful. I don't want to belittle that thing, but it's important to know that because the joy of the Lord is our strength. I mean, the whole point of Nehemiah, or not the whole point, it's me, the, the big takeaway for me, is when God restores the people and they're stricken with a sense of guilt of all their failure. And it says they literally had their noses in the dirt. Their nostrils were in the dirt. And God had his priests go to the people and say, stand up, dust yourself off, and let's have a party. Let, let's get the sweet drinks, let's get the rich meats, and the people, if there are poor people that don't have anything, buy it for them. Because we're going to have a big party because the joy of me is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength, not your sense of guilt. There's no strength in your sense of guilt or shame or even commitment. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy is something even deeper than happiness. Because you have a strength when you're sad. God doesn't Joy is not the absence of sadness. It's a strength of connection and relationship with him in the sadness. Okay? 
All right, moving on. Um, oh, I just found this interesting. When I was reading about the Greek words, um, one author was talking about joy seems to stem from this idea of you leaning into God and God giving you strength. And I liked his phrase. He said, it's an awareness of relational favor. <clears throat> okay, peace. Adjective for someone who has peace. Let's do the obvious one. Peaceful, thank you. Sorry if that looks sloppy. You're learning to read. I'm writing with my left hand on purpose because I teach GE. And one of the general ed things is that you have to learn how to read left-handed writing. <clears throat> Again, one of the, the authors I read years ago said, it is a calm. This peace means a calm from being made whole. And the idea of being joined together, that in the root of the Greek, there's this, this idea of being joined together. <clears throat> Patience. Long suffering. Okay. I just realized I'm going to run out of room. All right. <laughs> you got the other side. Yeah. Okay. Again, what's, what's, what's the direct adjective from the word patience? Patient. Patient. Thank you. Okay. Move on faster. Kindness, that's an easy one. Someone who has kindness is kind. kind. Yeah, we even set it up here, but it's worth writing again. But I'm gonna actually add it to here because I'm writing another word. <clears throat> okay, so God is kind. So the whole idea again is these are these this is the personality of God. When you know God, what do you expect his personality to be like? Um, interesting thing about it is the actual Greek word means upright and generous. That the kindness has the idea of being you're upright, you're holy, and yet you're generous. Okay, the next one, goodness. Hmm. Okay, this one's not rocket science. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I find this one interesting because this is a very rare word. In secular writing of the day, you didn't run into this Greek word very often. It was only written in things that had to do with divinity. Pretty much only religious texts, and even, I mean, sometimes they weren't Christian religion. But the word for goodness refers to a spiritual excellence and has the idea of kindliness again. So it's the idea of a spiritual being that's very kind to you. <clears throat> okay, faithfulness, faith. Thank you. Faith, but also um, faithful. Thank you. So faith and faithful. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay, I can't write this one. Yeah, the idea that God keeps his word, the steadfast, no matter what. <clears throat> he wrote... I will never leave you or forsake you. <clears throat> He's never going to change on that. There are some things God can't do. He can't forsake you. He said he's not going to. Um, when I had my two strokes, I couldn't, it really is frustrating because I could not remember scripture. I couldn't remember much of anything. And the only passage I could remember was the Hebrews passage, I will never leave you or forsake you. So I just meditated on that because that's all I had. <clears throat> Gentleness. 
Um, a lot of versions don't use the word gentleness. They use the word meek, meekness. Um, the only reason I stay with the verse say gentleness is because we kind of misunderstand that in modern language. It's the, the meaning of the word has changed from hundreds of years ago. Because what meekness really meant was, and it's even what this Greek word for gentleness means, power with consideration of others. So meekness was never about weakness. You, you couldn't be meek unless you had power. Because meek was the idea of taking the consideration of other people with the power you have. <clears throat> and then the last one, self-control, which I'm going to go with on this one again, is it is controlled from the inside. It, it's a power that from, where, from knowing who you are. Okay, I, I said earlier I wasn't going to do this card, but I'm still going to do it. I, I, it just means so much to me. I met Carla in high school, and we weren't dating or anything, and I hardly even knew her. But she really stood out to me. I was a, I believe I think I was a junior, she was a senior. And we were in a class together, and just from casual talking and watching with other people, I could tell, this is a young lady that will never get talked into anything. This is a lady that will not let other people lead her in things, because she, or even at that young age, which is rare for a teenager, she really knew who she was. And she knew what she was about. And because of that, it gave her an inside control that there were things she just didn't deal with. There were things she did not react to. And one of the words I, I see this, when I see interior controlled, because I think it's so important. The Holy Spirit is controlled by himself. He is not reactionary. That's good. And that's powerful, because what happens to us is we think of God sometimes as human to a fault. And like, well, God had this great plan for me, but then that day I turned left instead of right, and it led to trouble. And it's like the Holy Spirit was like, man, I was all with you. And my deal was with the guys in jail. I was all with you, but you crossed the line. You used drugs once too often. I'm done. I'm, I'm reacting to you. And it says he had foreknowledge over us. Like there's never a time where God says, well, I had a plan for Frank, but then he turned right, and now I have to go, oh, who could have seen that coming? And now my whole plan for Frank is destroyed. God never has a slap in the forehead, oh, I couldn't see it coming moment. Okay, make sense? All right, so this is God's personality. Loving, caring, kind, happy, cheerful, joyous, joyful. He's calm, peaceful, long-suffering, patient, kind. He has faith. He is faithful. He is steadfast, gentle. So, from Galatians 5.22, we know this is the personality traits of God. So what will his voice sound like? Okay, so when I work with the students, this filters out a lot of nonsense we get into. Because sometimes they'll say, well, I just, I think God's just warning me and he's fed up with me and such. And it's pretty easy for me to go, but wait, here's God's personality. What you're saying doesn't sound like Jesus. Well, yeah, but I think God's speaking to me to go get on those guys, because those guys, they're Pharisees in that church, and they're off, and they're visioning Phariseeism, and now I'm going to really straighten them out. That's not God's personality. Okay. So, we already did this. So what do we expect his voice to sound like? Um, I often get a complaint from people when I talk about this, even with young people, and they go, that just sounds soft. You make it sound like God's just all milly-mouthed. I didn't say milly-mouthed. I said he's loving and caring and patient and kind. Loving people are direct. Okay, I, I've had times where God actually used the phrase, Steve, you're acting like an arrogant punk. 
but he did it in connection. And that's the big thing, the big difference is, oops, I went too far, is even when he has to speak direct with correction, there's always connection in it. He's never said, oh, you are a failure, you are nothing, I'm done with you. It is always in a tone of, you are my loved one, I place my spirit inside you, and you're not acting like the way I created you. I'm calling you to act like the way I made you and designed you. You know, he gave us a new heart. He took away our heart of stone, gave us heart of flesh. He wrote his law of love on our hearts. So we're now new creatures in him. So he will call for us to act like the creatures he made us to be. He will not attack our identity because he's the one that said that he has decided to see us before the foundations of the world is blameless and set apart for him. We all good with this? Good. <clears throat> because we have all this for his personality, and yet there are times we don't seem to hear a voice of a God that's loving and caring and, and really on our, well, I'm saying inside us, really inside us. We have this whole idea of all this noise, all this, this distraction. Sometimes it's the responsibilities we have. Sometimes it's other things. And the idea is, how do we get this help in recognizing Holy Spirit's awesome voice in the midst of that chaos? I'm glad you asked. <clears throat> so, my joy in him comes from an awareness of connection, deep attachment. And there's a cycle. To hear that, I have to have some stillness. As I have the stillness, I hear his voice more, and it generates more stillness and more calm. So this whole idea of stillness and quietness and really listening, really listening for his voice, listening for his voice in lots of ways, listening for his voice in those other people around me, looking for what's going on, observing things around me. Because when you observe from, from a stillness, there's a lot you observe. You know, I mentioned that God is a good father. A father affirms his kids. But true affirmation is not vague. Like a, a father doesn't just affirm his kids saying, oh, I affirm you, or I appreciate you. Is It's specific. Well, what do you appreciate about them? If you really want to build people up, observe them, and when they do something good, call them out for the good. Wow, I really like the way you show tenderness to that person. When you have that kind of detailed affirmation, it builds connection. God wants that kind of detailed connection with us. So one thing that will help is when I say stillness and quietness, I do not mean thinking of nothing. Okay, this is, this is a hurdle I ran into because I realized my students were misunderstanding me when I was saying being quiet and still. They're thinking like, oh, blank your mind out. No, that isn't actually what Scripture says. Philippians 4 through, 4, 4 through 9 talks about how you engage in stillness. It's not thinking about nothing. It's thinking about the right things. It's thinking about what's noble and pure and grateful. <clears throat> now, I want to make it clear, because this is the part that sometimes sounds weird to people. We're going to do an activity now, and we're going to engage in detail, including emotions, with a memory. And that sometimes seems strange to people, but I want to encourage you, you do this already. People all around us do this every day. Unfortunately, they usually do it with a complaint memory. Like, have, have you ever, I mean, I know you've never done it, but I'm sure you've had someone at work they will come in and talk about how something bad happened. Like it was in the summer, like I remember one worker came in and he told me detail. 
It was really hot. I was sweaty. We were tired of waiting in line. Then this guy cut in, got me angry, and I was already upset because of what happened with my wife earlier. You know, and so he, he has a vivid memory he's rehearsing with me. And then that reinforces that memory. God wants us to do the same thing. When he says, think on these things, he says, fixate on what is noble and pure and good. So he's talking about an attitude of gratitude. I, di I didn't mean to use that phrase, but anyway, he, he used <laughs> gratitude. <clears throat> but I wanted an engaged one. And if you aren't comfortable with this, then this is awesome. Because one of the joys of God is getting to experience uncomfortable things with him. <clears throat> it's how we build connection. So what I want you to do with your sheet of paper and your pen, and let me first warm it up. Just on your own, before you start writing, just ask God to bring to mind, and when I say God speaks to us, most often God speaks to us through spontaneous thought. For me, it's usually like the clearest is when I get spontaneous thought while reading scripture. But the whole idea is, I want you to have a pleasant memory. Um, we're going to kind of combine one in class. I actually break these into two parts, but there's only so much time today. So it can be a memory of when you really felt God's presence. But if that doesn't come to mind, I'm okay with just a memory of anything good right now. So anytime you enjoy an act of kindness from anyone, but the idea is something positive. I want to make this clear. It's a time of feeling loved and feeling God's love directly or for me, I feel God's love a lot when I walk in nature. But also through others in something, someone doing something for you. And I mean literally anything. Uh, Mark 9.41 is where Jesus said, if someone gives you a cup of water, they're not going to lose their reward. So God rewards someone giving you a cup of water. A cup of water is something he notices and he rewards. If he rewards things that small, I think it's okay for us to take notice of that. Like, what, the last time I did this exercise, I just thought of a person who came and gave Carl and I a ride from the airport. So it can be anything. So I'm trying to make this easy on you. <laughs> so any encounter with God, anything positive, have something come to mind right now. Are you wanting us to share it? No, no, I'm, this is just with you. Okay. In your own mind. Because then I have questions for you to write down on the paper. I want you to describe it after it comes to mind. When was it? Was it day or night? What season of the year was it? What were you feeling physically? What were you feeling emotionally? Basically, you're reliving this memory. What happened? Who did what? What, what was the details of this? And then I want you to write it down. Take notes. Write down details of this memory. <clears throat> And I know this doesn't sound like it would be a big thing. I have seen friends' marriages turn from mediocre to awesome by practicing these things. I've seen marriages actually on the brink of failing turn into awesome from this kind of stuff. Okay, so you have a memory. Do you have some details on it for now? So you know it well enough to, to explain it to someone else? Well, good, because you're going to explain it to someone else. 
Okay, our meaning of praise. God inhabits the praises of his people. That word praise is so much more than singing songs on Sunday. When he talks about inhabiting the praise of his people, when he talks about we enter his presence with thanksgiving in our heart and his courts with praise, praise is actually telling somebody else something you're thankful for. It doesn't have to be a song. You now have a, a memory with God. Because even if you weren't aware of God at the time, and you may not have been, all good things come from him. And when you share with someone else something you're thankful for, that is a praise of God that he inhabits. Make sense? Okay, because you're going to pick one other person in this room. Uh, it can be a relative, it cannot be. Um, oh, I, I want to preface this. The reason I have you write it down is because one of the challenges when I do these in classes is whoever goes first, the other person is so busy worried about what they're going to say, they're not listening. What's nice is you have this written down, so you aren't going to forget it. So now you don't have to think about what you're going to say. You're going to really listen. The biggest act of humility in life is learning to listen to others well. To calm and, and get out of your own head and listen to others. So, I want you to listen to others because I don't know who's going to go first. We're doing this in twos. Let me put this a different way. You pick one other person. Don't pick two other people, and you don't sit alone. Okay? So... If you have to get up and move, you can go across the room. I don't really care where you go, but I want you to be paired up with one other person. Okay? And then if we... Okay, this was the only part where you know we have it. So Stefan, I'll ask you after that, you can go with your dad anyway. You, you'll be the one people that have. Well, mine was, I was just, you know, going about my daily mundane busyness at my house, shifting things around, you know. And I came across this, uh, an old Christmas card from one of my customers. It had been spilled on, it was dirty, it was, I mean, it was uh, totally like somebody had spilled coffee and then they even brought it. It's like, I don't know how that happened. But anyway, I was reading it and it's like, I was reading it really closely, you know, because I was going to throw it away. And then I thought, no, this is from Paul and Pam concert. They're just so sweet. And so I read it in between the coffee stains. And it was just so sweet and it ministered to me because I was feeling just kind of like useless. Just totally useless. And they said the sweetest, most uplifting, encouraging things I cry because it was like it's something, you know, that uh, I think my thought was, well, what are you leaving behind? You know, when you're gone, no one's going to remember you. And it was like, they were so, uh, it was just so uplifting. I thought, oh, there's my legacy. There's my, you know. Hmm? 
time to find one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, for them, it's just so, so precious. That just made my whole day so different. Sweet. Okay, I'm hoping by now you're on the second person. Yes? Okay. We love to talk. Yak, don't talk back. Well, that was revealing. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Well, there's one more part to do. Normally, in a class situation, the first two want to thank for somebody to do a favor. This one, I kind of gave it open and they could do even less. But just because in classroom, you have to know what Because then what we do is have the pairs turn into groups of fours. Good, I'm glad you didn't play you were saying you always want to take God back into a negative you know, memory. And, and I thought, oh, we're not going bad, are we? <laughs> because we'll be here with you. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be some Okay, one minute. Linda's memory was that um, she was looking at a Christmas card that was had like coffee stains and all that all over and was thinking of tossing it, but then reread it and was very encouraged because she was feeling at that time very useless and like no one will remember me when I die, etc., etc. But the words of affirmation that were written in the card uplifted her and... Uh, she saw that as a kindness to her heart, and she was really blessed. Perfect. Okay, two other people. If you went out by noon, then you, you want to do this. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, go ahead, Mark. Tom. Tom, I have no idea. <laughs> okay, okay, I, I, I blame it on the stroke. That, that's my excuse for everything right now. I blame it on the stroke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, he just got married. Maybe he changed his name. My first name, her last name. Yeah. All right, Tom, what did Teresa have? Um, Teresa's story um, was, it was a tough time here um, at Coastline. Uh, a number of years ago, um, she you know, mentioned that it was just kind of, uh, you know, she felt like it was a dark time. Um, and a friend, or a mother of a good friend of hers, um, well, do I name names? Yeah, you can name names. Yeah. So it was Robin's mom had given Kathy, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah had given um, her a little note on the back of, of her, like, it was just one of the, the forms from the church, you know, assuring her that what was happening was, in the end, going to be for a great thing. Yeah. And, um, and it gave Teresa um, a feeling of a motherly um, gesture to their child. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, whole again and comforting. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay, Jim. It was dark and stormy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is Celeste's story. Remember? <laughs> Celeste's story, not yours. <laughs> memory, and we won't, we won't be sharing this one, but in light of this memory, with this idea of, in, in an attitude of gratefulness, that's part of how we get kind of more in a mutual mind to hear, to hear a God who has this personality. I would like you to ask God what he'd like to speak to you, but it's open, and if you, if you feel drawn to, to speak to the Father or Jesus, Holy Spirit, one of them individually, that's fine, but I'd like you to address it in, God, what do you want to speak to me about how you feel about me? So let it not be, I, I'm really not after so much direction here as I'm expressing hard things to you. So I'd like to just take time now and ask God, Lord, or whichever, however you want to address it, what do you want to speak to me about how you feel towards me? Right. Go ahead and do that now.
Okay, I encourage you to write this down. Um, God does speak, and sometimes we just let it flight by. <clears throat> and uh, this is, <clears throat> I'm not the most disciplined on journal writing, so I, I do a different flavor with my computer, but I encourage that. Also encourage you <clears throat> to write it down, remember it, and then ask God for what loved one you could share it with. Because this is a way of how you build deep connection. Because joy is found in deep connection to the Lord and deep connection with others. It's, it's actually our whole source of strength. Um, all the spiritual disciplines in the world do not work if you don't really understand. God has joy. His face lights up over you. And you don't have deep connection relationships. Okay? Sandy, you wanted to share? Yeah, I... <clears throat> I am experiencing something in my life um, at 81 that I never thought I would uh, have to deal with. And I'm losing and have lost uh, sight from uh, seeing. And uh, it's been terrifying to me. I mean, terrifying. And it, it seems to be getting worse. I'm trying very hard to maybe finding help for it, but it's changed my whole, whole outlook, my whole uh, security, all of that. And so, I mean, I'm here this morning because I have a husband that makes sure I'm coming to church and I have a daughter that is going to make sure I get there. And then I sit here during the scene, looking at where I'm, I'm seeing everything I'm going through. I want to hear God tell me what I'm supposed to be and how to be, how to be with this, because I'm trying really hard to be joyful, and I'm trying really hard to not whine about it, but it is so frustrating. And it's interesting because I have spent the last few months writing the Bible, and I have written probably... I've written Acts, I've written Romans, I've written, and I just loved it because I love to write. I can't see it no more. And it stopped. It was, it was taken away from me. I don't want to feel sorry for it at all. Um, but I've, I've stopped a lot of things. I don't shop. I can't go in a store. I can't see, read, or what. I want to hear what God wants to do with me. So I'm going to ask you guys and ask you to, to do us a favor, and we will pray for Sandy, but I should first ask God if he would have a word for Sandy, okay? And I'm not, I'm really not after opinion or a lecture or a lesson, just, just as you just ask God to express how he feels towards you, I ask you to ask him, what does he feel towards Sandy? What would he say to Sandy? And just always remember, it's in the line of encouragement and of this loving God. Mm-hmm. So let's just do that now. I feel like the Lord's going to like get Sandy other ways of, of being, uh, strengthening in, in other ways 
beneficial for mind and, and body and soul. You know, I think that you know, listening and hearing and feeling and loving and all those other things can be strengthened. I hear him saying, hold on, hold on to the word that is in your heart. Not on a page, but in your heart. Well, the Lord saying, if I've guided you to church through your family members, and I'll continue guiding you to this journey also. You know, when I think of Mama Sandy, I think of the she's produced in her lifetime and it's immeasurable completely immeasurable and I hear Father God saying okay coming into a new season this could be a different kind of fruit but you will be fruitful in this time I hear him saying to her to rest and to accept the blessings and to have no fear because I'm reminded of the scripture that says that uh, darkness and light is all the same to the Lord. And so that he's holding your hand uh, however long this this uh, trial is. Um, he, he's with you, and, and to him it's, it's all the same. So just hold on to his hand and uh, let him, uh, as, as you always have, let, let him guide you. Let him speak to you. Let him point out what he wants to point out. Um, and that's, that's what I'm hearing and seeing. I'm just seeing total darkness, and he is there with us. It's not any different to him. It's only different to us. Thank you for the strength to share that. Yeah, thank yes. you, Sandy. Yeah. Thank you, Sandy. Yeah. So, Austin, do you want to 
you, will you lead in prayer for Sandy? We'll agree with you. sight or really insight that does not need physical eyes. For many years, Sandy has developed that insight. She's seen you. She's seen how you move. So, Father, she stands at the precipice of a trial that she was not prepared for. Open those interior eyes to see you and the ears to hear you as you so gently speak in the way that you've spoken to her over these many years. That she would hear your love your tenderness, your kindness. Father, whatever happens in the physical, I know there is an inner strength in her to say, according to your will. I think of John the Beloved at the end of his life, when others can't carry him to thousands of and his only words are, love God and love one another. And so, Lord, for all things we give you thanks. For you are the God of glory, the only one worthy to be praised. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would Help Sandy see not the challenges ahead, but the glory and the honor 
and what you have for her, her destiny for the next few years. In all of this, we give you praise. We give you glory and honor, Lord Jesus. We worship you because you're worthy. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com.